Welcome to Hype Louisville, where we bring you the most exciting things happening in our city and talk to the people making it happen. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew Beckman and Nathan Shanks. Let's get hyped. All right, Hype Louisville, welcome back. It is Nathan Shanks and Andrew Beckman. Uh, we are super pumped for this episode. Um, we have gone national, everyone. We have officially <laughs> flown in an out-of-town guest, Drew Ekman. Welcome to Hype Louisville, my friend. What's up? Happy to have you. Um, we're super pumped. Drew is the VP of Sales at Blue On, close friend of ours um, from Louisville, if, if you guys didn't know. Um, before we get started, um, we always say uh, one thing we're hyped about this week, and uh, we'll just go around the horn. So, Drew, you can go first or last. What's your, what's nah, your... I'll go first. I'm, I'm, I'm super hyped on the Charlie, Jar- Charlie George Invitational. Oh, yeah. Annual golf scramble. Uh, shout out to, to Charlie and the whole uh, advisory council for that. We raise money every year for a couple of different charities that are near and dear to us. $30,000, I think, is, is typically what we'll raise. It's amazing. So incredible cause, but also just a whole lot of fun. So we go out, we do a scramble, and it, it's really the highlight of the year for me. So I, I wouldn't yes. have missed it. Uh, really excited to be back in town. That was only the second reason that I came in. And the first was Nathan <laughs> said, I got to fly you in for this. I'm yeah. not gonna pay for anything. <laughs> with with your credit card number, I'm gonna book yeah. this flight. And, yeah, uh, you're coming in for the podcast. So. Exactly. Screw a virtual episode. Yeah, so I'm I'm hyped for that. Yeah, I echo that for sure. Um, it's the best scramble of the year, in my opinion. I have so much fun. Uh, you guys know how close I am with my dad and how much we play golf together. And he has a golf, a two-man golf tournament this same weekend every single year, and he's been begging me for like five years to play with him in this tournament. And I, I tell him every year, I'm like, Dad, I'm sorry, no, it's it's CGI. It's CGI. I can't I can't miss CGI. It's, yeah. It just it is what it is. So. Do you all do show notes? Uh, yeah, we do okay. show notes. Okay. Well, if you want to link to the different charities, that's one way you could let people know. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's really. I mean, it's all local. So, I mean, it's it's Louisville ties for sure. Yeah, that's so a great I, idea. I, I, I won't go into each Definitely of them, but but you could even, I think CGI both has a, a, a Facebook page and a couple other links you can go to that give full full rundown of the charities. Yeah. Um, Perfect. But that'd be cool. I love it. That sounds great. Yeah. Okay. We're always looking ways to, you know, make hype Louisville just a little bit better. Yeah. You know, get a little more hyped. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. What do you? I I mean naturally I'm hyped for the same thing. I'm I'm mostly <laughs> pumped to have my boy in town this weekend. Um, I have, we haven't gotten to hang out for a very long time, and uh, you know we both got little ones now, and um, it's it's been a while. So I'm pumped yeah. to have you in and play golf for a couple days and, and enjoy it. So. And that tournament starts tomorrow. Or is it yeah, just, it's just one day. It's just one day. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna yeah. Say. Hopefully, because I'm, I'm we're, we're kind of playing the pra- a practice round yeah. today <laughs> at Hirschhorn, but um, yeah. And that's what I'm hyped about, because it will be the first time I've ever played golf. Yep. <laughs> since probably high school, so. Can't uh, wait to see this. Best ball. Excellent. Best ball. We're playing yeah. best ball. You guys are going to have to coach me, but I'll work on it. It'll be fine. I'm going to get plenty of video of you screwing up. <laughs> great, I can't wait to, uh, to post it. Yeah, yeah. Well... <laughs> You know, I uh, I practiced a little bit yesterday morning, so uh, I at least know a decent way to swing. It'll be they'll be short, but I'm 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 hyped about it nonetheless. Yeah. Being yeah. outside with you two and Drew, uh, yeah, I'm excited to to hear you know how you've been the past. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. uh, Louisville lost a a great uh, a great professional when you. Uh, when he went west coast so i don't know if i'd call him a professional <laughs> yeah that's yeah yeah that's a stretch, right. yeah. That's a stretch. Yeah. we we use that term loosely yeah yeah exactly so well uh, yeah, yeah let's just dive in um for those of for the people that don't know who drew ekman is um why don't you uh give give a little intro and uh how how would maybe a best friend describe drew ekman oh okay so uh, yeah yeah so a best friend wouldn't 
really go through much of my my background. They'd kind of go true. into yeah. That's true. We how can. how goofy. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say they describe me as goofy. Yeah, you know? I can I can concur to yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, but, but go in. Yeah, tell us about your background. Um, are you, obviously you're from here. Yeah, um, and how you, you know, yeah, don't have I, to tell your life story. Yeah, I'll tell the I'll in. tell the Cliff Notes version of my life Perfect. story, uh, chapter one. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so I I. I from, uh, of course, born and raised here in Louisville, Kentucky, went to Sanax High School, and then sort of initially got into sales and as part of my career path and really started out, actually, of all things, selling knives. Oh, nice, like Cutco? Like Cutco, exactly yeah, Cutco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Door, he owns like so, half the company now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm still a huge proponent of them. Uh, they, they are incredible knives. And so, yeah. He I, judges I, me all the time on my knives. I can I, just, like, yeah. I can see him scanning my kitchen right now. Yeah, yeah well, actually, I did look at him. And yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah you, could, you could use an upgrade. I know, I know. Uh, but, no, so I, I started in sales and really had success with it yeah. and, and kind of went and eventually ended up starting an office and then trained and recruited a, a sales team. Oh, really? And so, yeah, ended up growing that team to about 80 sales reps and launched an office. And, and, and that was a pretty fun experience for me running that branch, getting to, you know, uh, negotiate an office lease yeah. uh, very early in my career and was this you the undergrad yeah yeah okay. yeah. Okay. yeah so it was while I was in college yeah. and I did finance was my major at, at U of L and so that was fun I, I didn't want to I didn't want to go and make that my career once I graduated mm -hmm. uh, I, I always had this idea I'd be an entrepreneur yeah yeah but uh, it, it's interesting so my, my grandfather was an entrepreneur and I knew just from advice that I'd gotten from my dad, some of the, the interactions my grandfather had, it, that having a, a good background in sort of how business transactions work and, and law was always really interesting to me. So I thought, okay, what well, you know, I really didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. hey, I'll go to law school. Yeah. Right. I'll go, I'll go practice business law. Yeah. Right. I've got a business undergrad. Yeah. I'll learn a little bit more. I'll go practice law for a couple years. And then by the time I'm three years in, I'll start a business. Yeah. That's my plan. Right. Wow. So I go, um, I, I, I got a opportunity work with Frost Brown Todd, which was incredible. Uh, love the people there and, and love the experience that I got and got three years into my career. And I went, well, what the, what the fuck would I even do? <laughs> Start a business, what? Yeah. Like I, I'm knee yeah. deep in you know, hours easy. and hours of work. Like what, yeah. what would I even do? Yeah. What do you mean start a business? Yeah. So it, it, was, it was sort of at that point that I, I, I try to reflect a couple times a year on, okay, what are my goals? What am I trying to do from a, you know, a couple different pillars, uh -huh. financial, personal, family, mm -hmm. uh, you know, career oriented and say, you know, am I on track? Mm -hmm. Where am I going? And it, at that moment kind of sat down with Elise, my wife and said, hey, we, we kind of know what the path looks like if we stay on the path we're on. Yeah, yeah, at fraud. What do you think about just fucking it all up. <laughs> <laughs> New kid, why not? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, not even yet. Yeah, not no, this is yet. this is pre yeah. yeah. So we looked at okay, well, <laughs> what does that really mean? Uh and it was going it, it was I love Louisville, but it was going somewhere where I thought the the entrepreneurial community was going to be really 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 strong and get me tied in. And the problem with staying at least for me is that, you know, any interactions I was having with entrepreneurs it was like in a in a legal advice kind of capacity. Yeah. And it was hard to separate that out, right? Because you've got all the knowledge and it, it is something that is very, very valuable to entrepreneurs to be able to say, well, you know, these are some nuts and bolts legal issues that, that have to get taken care of. Um, so we just looked at different areas of the country that were growing, that had strong entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial communities. Uh, Southern California was was really growing. And 
the idea was, well, what if I could sort of do a part-time MBA program at a, at a very strong program that's also tied into that entrepreneurial community? I've got two degrees from U of L, so yeah. I don't know that it makes sense to, to go get a, a third. And that's when we started looking at, okay, Austin, Los Angeles, uh, and, and a couple other markets. Yeah. And uh, hey, UCLA was the the number one uh, MBA program that I was that I was looking at. So I thought, hey, if I can get in there, uh, yeah. let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Got in. Yeah. Uh, Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so th- by then this is this is you know five years into practice. So that you know that was a two year of okay on top of practice grinding it out. To, you were, so you were studying for yeah GMAT oh and God, took the GMAT. Yeah. At this point, did, did he is current current president Dude, of YPAL, I believe, or maybe yeah. were you past president yet? Or maybe yeah, it was current. At least yeah. yeah the the last half of being president of YPAL, he's working 80 hour weeks at frost, frost yeah bills. and he's trying to study for his gmat yeah so i'd, I'd wake up i'd study for gmat early 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 in the morning mm-hmm. before i'd go to the gym go to the gym then go do the makes you feel so <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't think that was sustainable to yeah. be fair yeah, yeah. Uh, but still you got it done yeah got it done and so then ended up it was letting letting the folks at, at FBT know that I, I was going to be making the move, and and when they asked, well, you know, where, where are you going to be working? Uh, the, the answer was, we'll see. Uh, we're going to pack up the U-Haul, move across the country, and hopefully we both find jobs. Yep, fingers crossed. Um, so, but what's what's so cool, and it's a very Louisville story, is once we decided, okay, Southern California, that's where we're going. Um, I, you know, I, I made a post about it and a guy that I went to high school with at St. X, who was in my brother's class at St. X, reached out to me, Taylor Disler. And he was like, oh, you, I saw that you're moving to, to SoCal. He's like, I've been in, I've been in Southern California for a couple of years. Um, let's catch up caught up with them so very louisville connection and told them hey here's what here's what i'm doing and uh you know here's my background and and the idea at least at first uh for me was okay i've got this background in law and doing business transactions working with startups when they're out raising money uh you know what if i could i feel like i could go to a venture capital type private equity type shop Mm -hmm. where immediately you use that legal background pretty heavily, yeah. but you can also then start pivoting into that business role. I tell Taylor kind of what I'm interested in. He's like, oh my God, I've got to connect you with Matt Case. I'm like, I, I have no idea who Matt Case is, but <clears throat> yeah, connect me to him. <laughs> so, which is, it's kind of crazy that I didn't know who Matt Case was because I feel like he knows everyone. Yeah, uh, he's a he went to U of L, uh, has strong connections in, in Louisville, and mm-hmm. ended up seeing what they were doing at Bionatus, which is one of the companies that I I work for in addition to Blue On. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bionatus is a big investor in Blue On, okay. uh, but also owns a couple other companies. So it's a uh, Heard about what they were doing at Bionatus and at Blue On, and was all in. That's so that awesome. that's kind of the story. That's awesome. And now you're in LA at Blue On, still at UCLA. Yeah. So still at UCLA. Uh, actually, have a couple of months left yeah. before that program wraps up. Yeah. Um, and just I live just south of LA in Orange County. Yeah. So yeah. tough life. Yeah, <laughs> tough life. <laughs> and what's a day in the life of uh, Drew Eggman now when you're when you're out there? Like, how is it balancing work with Blue On and uh, getting your MBA at UCLA? Like, how's that look like? And having a how, and having a how many week old? Uh, so four month old. Yeah, he's four, four months, months old. Yeah. Now. yeah, yeah. Gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, and Elise has a job too now, right? Elise she does have a job. job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it it's. I, I find myself always being in these 
yeah, I feel like I'm overextending myself a little bit. <laughs> and then it's uh, it's kind of like uh, the minute that I'm not, it's I end up doing something that I've got time again overextends myself. Yeah. No, but so it's 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 a challenge. But I I've found that the the way that I've been most successful in doing it is really prioritizing my health first. Mm-hmm. So it's, you, you talk about, oh, all these other things, right? But none of those really work if you're not feeling energized, if you're not feeling good, Gosh, yeah. right? So yeah. And so, I mean, it, it's so counterintuitive. I, I found myself, especially in the early days of practicing law, where I wasn't hitting the gym. Yeah. I wasn't keeping good eating habits. Yeah. And I gained a bunch of weight, yeah. right? And I was less productive. Yeah, yeah. And I was far less good. effective yeah. and I didn't have the, the mental clarity and sharpness yeah, even. Yeah. So it, it, it sounds weird, but really starting there and saying, okay, I'm going to be very committed to every morning hitting the gym, getting, getting some sweat out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's going to make the rest of my life better. Yeah. And it's going to help me balance everything else and get that energy out that I need to. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's been sort of a schedule. And if, if you, you've ever heard of a- athletes as they're going through high school and college, you know, some of the athletes that have very, very, I mean, busy schedules, mm-hmm. they are very efficient, right? And you say, how do they get all these things done? But it almost forces a scheduling, correct. right? Oh, and, yeah. a, and a routine. Mm-hmm. So starting there, but I think the other part of it is really just being deliberate about planning sort of what does a week look like? What does a month look like? And hey, what am I prioritizing? Yeah. And am I prioritizing the right things? Yeah. Because I can work myself to death, but am I spending a bunch of time on low impact? Yeah. Or am I spending my time on those high impact? This is what's going to move the needle. Right. Yeah. And it's hard initially to let go of those low impact things because you have this uh, almost feel of, I gotta get it done, Yeah. right? That's, that's, on, my, that's on my checklist. Yeah. I gotta, check it, I gotta yeah. check it off. Yeah. I don't want to, it's not that important, but yeah. I, it's gotta I be gotta done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. well, I, I, I challenge that, does it need to be done? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or does it need to be done by you? Or does it need to be right. done by someone else? Or does it need to be done today? Yeah, it, or, or, yeah, exactly. It brings up, a, and I don't know, I'd, I'd be interested actually to hear if you all have any cool frameworks that you've heard, um, but one that I use often, and, and it's one that I think can, can serve people well, is how you value your time. Yeah. Like, and actually in a dollar's sense. Oh yeah. Like, what's your hourly rate? I just started <laughs> doing a dollar per income with real estate sales because it's you know some some transactions you know you put very little effort and you get a big paycheck and then some uh, the opposite end very small yeah. paycheck tons of work yeah and uh, so so it's I, hey it may sound wasteful or, or, or irresponsible but it's the it's genuinely it's the way I think about things right yeah. I might have an item that I've bought and you could say hey, it's very easy for you to return it. Like, oh, okay, it didn't fit right or I didn't want it, right? Yeah, right, right. Uh, so all you gotta do is package it up, go run to the post office, right? Yeah. And, and I look at what that time takes and the cost of the item and I go, yeah, I'm gonna give it to Goodwill or I'm gonna give yes. it give yep. it to charity. 100%. Because guess what? <laughs> I'm not spending my time doing that. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not spending yeah. the 40 minutes to package that thing up, yep. run to the post office, return it. Yeah, I'll get my 15 bucks back. Not yeah. worth it. But guess what? My time's more valuable not than worth that. It. So yeah, I'll give it away. You probably know a friend or something that it would fit or you know, work I, for. I wonder, uh, so Kelly's very like that. And I wondered if that's because of the billables, that, like that structure when you're at Frost, like, Knowing that at the end of the day, I'm gonna have to account for every six minute increment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I I hated that. I don't I don't think it's that as much. Really, more the athlete. I I think it's I think it's more about uh, being deliberate in what you're doing, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. being very deliberate in where you're spending your time. Yeah. And it, at least for me, 
I, you know, I, I think about, okay, and, and having an abundance mindset. And if you're thinking constantly in this scarcity sort of protection mindset of how do I protect that $15 that I just gave up, <laughs> Yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's sort of, how do you make sure that as you're thinking about what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? You're thinking about it in a growth kind of abundance mindset. Right. So, I mean, I, I look at that with yard work. I have over the last couple of years started hiring that out. It cost me $30 a week and it saves me like two hours. I've got a great plug for, for action landscape. So anybody that needs any landscaping Love needs, it. please contact Action Landscape. <laughs> uh, Spencer Heike is a great contact there. I'm happy to pass along his contact. Love it. Spencer, we're uh, we're open to sponsorships on the podcast. So uh, yeah. <laughs> let us say, know. I've got a great guy, let Bernardo. Yeah. He's super cheap. He's great, I mean, but he's not going to sponsor. It's just, you. yeah, no. But I mean, it's, I literally one day was sitting, in, I have an office back here in the back of the house. Mm-hmm. And... Pedro shows up and him and his three guys are cutting the grass and they're here and gone in 15 minutes. And in that 15 minutes, I made a couple appointments and got some things done that made me a decent amount in that 15 minutes, just coincidentally. And I was like, if I was cutting the grass, like I would have lost out on that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just worth the 30 bucks to... Well, it just frees your mind up to do Frees your mind up. Pete and Collins, focus yeah. on Sarah, yep. you know, <laughs> ignore Sarah. <Yep. laughs> Something. You know, Play golf. Yeah. 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 But no, 100% agree. 100%. Well, um... Uh, I want to back up and talk yeah, about some uh, net... I mean, literally, you your networking got you kind of your situation in L.A. So, um, let's back up and talk about, like, when you started networking... And I, you know, I'm very passionate about YPAL, how you got tied into that and kind of how that helped your career going forward. Yeah, I, I think for me at least, this is a, I, I'm a 98th percentile extrovert. Yes. <laughs> so yes. like it, it's, uh, you know, part of it is I get my energy from being around people, yeah. right? And uh, I, I also, I've, I've got to try to be better about always wanting to talk so much, but hey, I'm on a podcast, so that's what we're supposed hey, to do right yeah, now. Man. Let's go. Right? But, but, that, but that extroversion, I think, sort of naturally drew me to what can I do out in the community to continue to go out, <clears throat> meet people, have interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think one of the things that I've been more deliberate about and where I think people can really benefit from thinking about w- w- what networking really is, is sort of going and approaching it more from a standpoint of what what can I learn about the world, about people's perspectives that I didn't know already. Yeah. And having really authentic, genuine curiosity. Mm-hmm. Because when you when you start approaching conversations less from a what can I say? And more from a, what can I learn? So true. You you will find those discussions get so much more engaging mm-hmm. and they're, they're far more interesting, right? Because you'll start picking things up that you didn't know before, right. but you'll also build a deeper relationship with a person that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. So, but like what led me to it? I guess the the extroversion, wanting to be out, wanting to be around people, right? And then I got connected in YPAL and saw that, okay, I can meet a lot of different types of people. When you're from Louisville, when you've gone to a school like St. X, you've got a very strong network of those very close bonds that, I mean, I've got several of my greatest friends in the world that will always be my greatest friends in the world and I went to high school with them at St. X. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But what about the, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in Louisville that didn't? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. millions, yeah. All, yeah. you know, probably million people that didn't. Yeah. Right? Okay. So it was a great way to begin sort of extending the network beyond people that I may have already known. And especially 
you know, you, you, you start you start meeting more of the transplants into Louisville, yep. the people that, you know, didn't just weren't weren't born and raised here. Yeah. Uh, and, and I liked being able to expand my network and, and talk to new people with different perspectives. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I've always thought it was cool. I mean, I, I love seeing people and I now have friends from YPAL that were transplants that moved here. And I I think it's cool being able to kind of help them. Like their network kind of becomes your network a little bit. Yes. And, and you can almost, not immediately, but over the course of a few years, it can almost be like they've lived here forever mm-hmm. through an organization like YPAL. Like I know so many people that are just crushing it and they have these massive networks and they've lived here like seven years. But it's because they've done stuff like network and go to YPAL and uh, it's pretty cool to see, for sure. So I, it occurred to me because we're talking about the, the curiosity, asking questions. Yeah. So I wanted to mention, so I had the opportunity to meet Jeff Hoffman. Jeff Hoffman is a guy who was a, I think co-founder of Priceline.com. So he, I, I met him through a charity that I was involved with. He spoke to our board, and that charity is the Front Row Foundation. They do some pretty cool things, so you can oh, check yeah. them. I'm doing tons of charity plugs. This is yeah, fun. This is great. Uh, but uh, Front Row Foundation, and he, it's sort of like Make a Wish meets Tony Robbins. Okay. Okay. That it's a, so the the idea of it is hey if somebody's got a critical health issue that they get to go to a live event of their dreams and then as part of that they also get tied into the community that is the front row community mm-hmm. where there's a huge emphasis on being present yeah and appreciating moments and so the there's a feel that or a, a saying of being a moment maker right and the idea is really being more present, not yeah. being constantly thinking about what has happened or what's about going to happen, yeah. but just loving the moment that you're in, Yeah. right? And that's super powerful for people that do have such anxiety about what the future is gonna look like. Seriously. Right? Yeah. And and tying in their families and, and bringing that perspective. But Jeff was the, he was a former board member at Make-A-Wish. Okay. And so oh, he okay. came and spoke to us, gave perspective. But the reason I bring up Jeff is, you know, some of the the best advice I've heard came from from Jeff Hoffman. Yeah. And one of the things that he talks about is that the most successful people that he's met, and granted, you're talking about a guy who's met the Dalai Lama and Richard yes. Branson and yeah. right, a lot of uh, well-known successful people. Right. Um, is they've got intellectual curiosity. And he he frames it up as thinking like a five year old. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So when when you're five years old, what do you do? You question everything, uh-huh. right? Why is that desk there, right? Yeah. Oh, what's that thing? Yeah. And and there's constant questions and curiosity, and over time, we lose that. Mm-hmm. We do. And so you stop asking the questions of, I wonder how that works, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And it's beca- and it, it's because at some point, somebody just tells you, I don't know, who cares? right? <laughs> who cares? That's not relevant to what I'm doing, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but what do you say? Yeah. Yeah. But what the world's most successful people do is they, they dig into that. And mm-hmm. so people that are in healthcare, right? They're saying, why would I go to a banking conference? I'm in healthcare. Right. Yeah. Or why? Why am I going to study banking? Why am I going to study finance? I'm in. I'm in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Right. And having that curiosity, what what happens is they're like puzzle pieces. So you start grabbing a random puzzle piece of information that you've learned, and you don't know how it fits in the bigger picture just yet. Right. Until you're gathering all the other puzzle pieces and eventually they come together and they really form a a more clear picture of, oh, this is some insight or the the way I see the world or think about the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Business. For sure. Your business. Right. So it's it's a very, very cool thing that I wanted to share just because it's it resonates very strongly with me of that 
genuine curiosity and and it was it was how he he talked about them thinking about priceline.com yeah with these different concepts of uh distressed inventory and uh you know online and and unlocking these sort of hidden uh data bringing it out to consumers yeah making it all available at once but it it, it was a pretty cool concept that is really cool yeah, yeah. that's crazy well what uh so uh in your new position at blue on uh what exactly are you doing are you advising uh on the legal matters or are you are you doing yeah. finance or? so i'm not advising on legal matters at all yeah no so i mean well, I'll, I'll help as we as we go through uh, different transactions. Yeah, because you know. Because yeah, and 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 then certainly manage outside counsel, and then I do sure do help. We we're we're going in our, our Series B financing right now uh, for Blue On, so I've been pretty heavily involved in, in that that aspect of it. But mostly, what I'm doing with Blue On is is managing the sales team. Wow. So I've got a I got a team that's kind of spread out throughout different areas of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, n- no one that's on the sales team is actually in California. So my, my entire sales team is remote. Yeah. Uh, but Are they all over? Or? Yeah, all over. Uh, so we've got from Florida, Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, we do have somebody who recently joined the team uh, who lives in, in Louisville. Oh, wow. So we've got a, a really, really strong team. We've come on really strong this summer. and. Um, really proud of what we've been able to do. And it's it's been a perfect storm of the it being the right time for uh, for the the market mm-hmm. in terms of what we're what we're selling. Uh, and then the right mix of bringing really, really strong uh, team members in. And it's led to pretty significant growth. Cool. We really haven't told them yeah, about what Blue On is, who you guys target, things like that. So why don't you give a little plug for Blue On, which, yeah, what, yeah. what it actually is. and Yeah, Blue On's a really, really unique company. It's, it's a company that's, I really think of it more like a technology company that's empowering HVAC technicians, okay? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's HVAC technicians, there's, 300,000 of them across right. the country, okay? Yeah. We've got a platform that right now has 60,000 members on the platform. Wow. And by the time this thing airs, that number will be way off. It'll be way bigger. Yeah. It's growing by about 6,000 a month. Adding on to Blue Wands platform? Yeah. That's awesome. And so this is a, this is a, imagine a, you're an HVAC technician and so Nathan, we're at your house. You call an HVAC technician because uh, my AC's out mm-hmm. or I've got some issue, right? Yeah. So they show up. The first thing they're gonna do is they're gonna go look at your, your air conditioning unit. And they're gonna say, what am I looking at, right? How many different types of units do you think there are? Oh my God. I'd say over, uh, I can't even try to guess. Over two thousand. I've got different HVAC. You talking the exterior, the actual furnace, and the blower? Or... Yeah, we'll we'll leave the furnaces out of it. Okay. Just just, just... Exterior, yeah, I'd say over two thousand. Yeah, so it's well over that. I mean, we've got just to for context, we've got forty five thousand different models in our app. And are they different owners too? So this is over seventy five different brands. Okay, with 45,000 different models. So, but the reason being, right, if you're an HVAC technician, there's no way you're you're going to be able to know all those different units, Yeah. right? Okay, so we have an app that you can pull up as soon as you get to the job site, to a, whether it's a homeowner, whether it's a business, you can look up that exact model number Okay, it's gonna have the original equipment manuals for that. It's gonna have tech specs. Wow. It's gonna have also 24 seven support from industry veterans. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're just making their lives a whole lot easier. And we're layering in a, a, a whole lot of cool stuff that I, I don't wanna go 
too deep into um, just because it's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, you got to be got to be uh, interested in, in HVAC. But the the point being, it, it's a it's a really cool company that's doing some pretty innovative stuff in the HVAC space that nobody's really done before. Is uh, is Blue On? Uh, I'm ashamed. I just figured this out. Is it a play on Freon? So it it is because okay. so that's the that's kind of where the company's going. I, I describe the mobile app. It started with a refrigerant product, right? And so we still we still sell that refrigerant product today. Mm-hmm. Okay, and th- and that's a replacement for what people commonly call Freon R twenty two is the which is a HCFC twenty two. <laughs> we're not going to go into that. I mean, yeah. seriously, we're going to get <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, weeds yeah. on refrigerant, yeah. okay? <laughs> which we don't need to do, uh, but. Put it this way: If you've if you've got HVAC equipment that was installed before, call it 2012, it probably had R22 in it. Mm-hmm. This refrigerant you replace with R22 because R22 was phased out by the EPA, okay. Okay. and it increases energy efficiency. It makes the system run a whole lot smoother, so yeah. you're going to have lower pressures and it it runs better, but Big thing, I mean, depending on the type of unit, anywhere from five to upwards of twenty-five percent energy savings wow. is what you That's can great. expect. Yeah, right. And so it's a, uh, it's it's also reducing greenhouse gas emissions, right? So what most people don't realize is how big HVAC affects climate. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So think about how many houses and and so yeah. right now you can you can Google around the Biden administration that what they're doing with climate change and refrigerants have come up in the news more than I've seen ever. But what people don't talk about as much is electricity consumption as a result of HVAC, hmm. right? Yeah. So how hard and long your unit is running very much Makes affects sense. the amount of energy consumption, Correct. Yeah. right? Which is a far bigger driver of climate yeah, right. than the refrigerant itself. Right. Gotcha. Right. And yeah. so, hey, if you can make a dent in this massive use of electricity by HVAC, I mean, you're talking millions of metric tons of CO2 emission reduction. Yeah. So, wow. yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Collateral cool. consequences there. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'd like to go back, uh, kind of, I know you kind of already glossed over it, but you know, not knowing you as well as Nathan, but just kind of knowing you from law school. And then, you know, I've always thought of you as just this top performing M&A guy at Frost. Uh, and now you, you, it sounds like that was always kind of the plan. You, you knew you wanted to get into business uh, and be an entrepreneur. But when you were in the trenches, like in law school in your first couple of years at, at Frost, um, and I know you said you reflected a couple times a year, but can you talk a little more about, about like, about that process, about who you were, I mean, working tons of hours, why pal, and uh, and you didn't know where the future was going. I mean, did you did you consider a, a, a long-term stay here in Louisville doing that? Like, could you see yourself sliding into that? Or was, did you always have a strong anchor that I'm gonna do, there's a, like a calling, I don't call it a calling. But yeah, yeah, no, it's a it's a good question. I think, <laughs> one of my compound questions. <laughs> yes, never fails. <laughs> Yeah. There's always one. <laughs> yeah. I I I think f- a lot of it was me thinking about okay, what what am I learning? Right? And what am I doing and where do I want to be? S- I knew again that I that I eventually wanted to be sort of a, a business owner mm-hmm. and an entrepreneur. Um could I do that with with Frost Brown Todd? In in some ways, yes. And so I don't want to just dismiss that. There was very much a conversation about do do I stay on this path? Yeah. yeah. Right. Because this what what I what I'd done so far, I felt like was was good. Yeah. I, I felt like I'd been making great progress. I'd gotten a couple promotions. Yeah. Uh, I think I was on. Yeah. yeah. What. <laughs> And, and I, I loved the people that I worked with and I really did love being able to, to help uh-huh. people. Right. Right. Uh, there were there are aspects I didn't love, but definitely ones that I did too. 
And so ultimately for me, it came back to, okay, if I, if I want to be an entrepreneur, is it ever going to happen doing this? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Could I run my own practice? Like at Frost Brown Todd, yeah, even. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. genuinely like have my own team, yeah. right? Build out a very nice practice for myself. I think absolutely, yes. I could be financially successful doing that, right? Yeah, right. I could have a lot of fulfillment with having enough autonomy. Mm-hmm. I think Frost Brown Todd gave me that. Yeah. Enough autonomy to, to really feel like I was a, an owner, but it just wasn't gonna be quite the same as, as going out and, yeah. and and when I looked at, can I do that in Louisville, at least at the time, and I think I, I still keep up pretty closely with, with the news, uh, the Louisville Business First and, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the Pulse. And I, and I feel like it's, it's, it's continuing to get better yeah. and better. Um, but I, I didn't see where I could very naturally pivot into that without it being very challenging. Yeah. Uh, and I think some of it was already having built sort of what you're known for in that market as, oh, providing legal advice yeah, as yeah. opposed to sort of the pivot. But yeah, it's interesting that, you know, I actually had a, had a conversation last week with Alex Reed, who is the uh, co-founder of Truman's and, and previously at, at Big Ass Fans. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and so it was really interesting to hear kind of his story. And I think what he showed and, and what others will continue to show is that Louisville can be a place that aspiring entrepreneurs can go and can build out a very successful company. So I don't want to dismiss that. I just think my own circumstances made it very difficult for me to position myself that way. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. No, that's a great answer. You know, but uh, some of the people that we've been, you know, I keep thinking of Demetrius Gray and then some of the other guests we've had, mm-hmm. like our age uh, entrepreneurs, that they they kind of have to go outside the wall. Eventually you outgrow. You, yeah, you, you can't find what you need here, which mm-hmm. is uh, I think I think what can change that is, so when you have success within a market with entrepreneurs, what that does is not only provide a, a mentor network, but it provides capital. Correct. I mean, so Which right. Is where you walk away from us. And and so you know, there's certain industries in Louisville, right? And we know those industries mm-hmm. that people will fund because they know them, right? They understand them. Yeah. Tech doesn't feel like it's one of them. Yeah. Right. It's now. I, I think that's changing. I think. It it's, I think we're yeah. making progress on that. Yeah. Right. But somebody's not writing a million dollar check right. for a seed stage company yeah. in Louisville. There's not right, more in than the a tech space. Year, you know. At least. Now, now I, I do know of some groups that are starting to do that. So I mean, like yes. I said, it's it's cha- it's changing. Okay, but that's not the norm. Mm-hmm. And so, where it will become the norm is you have success. You have some good exits that then now you've got founders that want to give back, right? Entrepreneurs that want to give back and that can write the bigger checks and really help foster that. Okay, now it's not just do you fit within one of these four buckets and are you trying to raise only X amount of dollars? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because if you went and said, I want to, go out and raise a, a 20 to $25 million fundraising round here in mm-hmm. Louisville, it's going to be difficult to accomplish. Right. Extreme. Right. And those, yeah. those numbers sound very big. Yes. Yeah. Right. But, but you go to, but LA. you go to, you go to other markets and, and you say, That's, yeah, no, at, at times you're in this, you're in this balance <laughs> of you're either, you know, sort of not, you, you sort of outgrow a, a certain stage size of investor. Right. And then, you, you get into the size of investors that say, well, now I don't want to waste my time writing a, a $5 million check or a $50 million check. Yeah. Yeah. And you go, okay, yeah, that's that's a little different. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Is it, is it driven well, by private equity out there? They just see you, the private equity? It depends on the space. Okay. I mean, I think, 
you've got in the, in the startup world, there's, I mean, VC, you know, so venture capital is, is different than private equity. Although there's a, there's more and more a blend of, of the two. Um, and especially as, as companies get higher and higher valuations in their rounds, you've got now growth stage sort of private investment that private equity, you know, is a part of, but I do think of the two very differently. Private, private equity and venture capital. Okay. Well, before we wrap up, we always do our hot questions that uh, that we finish up with. Do you want? Do you have anything else you want to touch on before we wrap up? Yeah, we can edit. All we do tea off in twenty minutes. Okay. Um, Keeping us on track. <laughs> yeah. Priorities. Well, well done. No, I don't. I don't think I have anything to add. No more. Uh, okay. I'm trying to think if I. Uh, what about uh, I mean, do you, uh, I think I know the answer to this. Uh, any any plans to ever return to Louisville? I asked Nathan this the other day. He was like, oh, "No." <laughs> uh, yeah. So, actually, I, I don't know about that. Uh, I'd say that right now, I'm definitely thinking about okay. In the short term, it's there's no plans yeah. for sure. But longer term, that that's a different question. You know, I, yeah. I, I'd love to be able to, like, I I love Louisville. It's still your home. It's it's my home, and so when I think about what's home, it it's still very much Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but with that said, uh, I, I've really enjoyed kind of where my career is going mm-hmm. and and some of the things that I'm doing. And right now, there's nothing that I'm doing that that I see as a very clear path back to Louisville in the near term. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, let's do these hot questions and, uh, yeah, we'll let you go. All right. So, um, best restaurant in Louisville. Ooh. Okay. Actually, before you answer that, I did have one more question. Yeah. And it's kind of a hot question too, because it doesn't need to, you don't need to think about it too much. When you moved to LA, like what was something crazy that you were not expecting that was just like, super different than living here okay besides don't say something stupid like traffic or (laughs) something lame like an actual thing you weren't expecting okay so (laughs) that i mean i feel like now that you've teed that up i'm answering with something incredibly lame but it's the gas prices oh really okay i mean that was the most that was the most surprising to me so i think when i left gas prices were at least in the high two dollar yeah. It was like two, I don't know, two something, two eighty. It's like three ten right now. It was yeah. like two, yeah, exactly. So two eighty somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. And then we get to California, bam, immediately four dollars and fifty cents. I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, what? I'm what in the world is too, going so that'd on? Be about six bucks, I bet. Yeah. So yeah. the gas prices threw me for a loop. That's why. Uh, I think prices in general. Yeah. You you just gosh. I've heard that. You forget how great Louisville is mm-hmm. from a cost perspective yeah. until you go and you see everything from housing prices yeah. to going out to dinner mm-hmm. to, Milk. I mean, yeah. you you name it, it's more expensive. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. Yeah. And it's not by a little. Yeah. So. You feel it. Yeah, you, yeah. you feel it. So, yeah. But I guess that's what, that's what happens when you get... You know, seventy degrees and sunny and and nice most yep. of the year, all yeah. year, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're gonna pay for it. Yeah, yeah. so that was yeah, that was exactly. surprising. That yeah. was surprising, no doubt. All right, now you can tell us what your favorite restaurant here is. <laughs> okay, favorite restaurant. <sighs> Narrowing it to one's very difficult. Yeah, I know. And I I got to give Louisville the special shout out with their food scene. So good. I mean, it's so good. I mean. It, it's far better in my opinion than Orange County. It's not surprising. Now, now, I love LA is just so big, yeah. and there's so much that it, I mean, right, yeah. probably doesn't beat LA. Yeah. Okay, Fair. but that's that's like it doesn't beat New York. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if yeah. anybody's got some illusion totally that fair. Louisville's food scene beats New York, <laughs> yeah. you're just wrong. Insane. Go to Manhattan yeah. and then walk into any place and you go, 
oh my god this now is a little it. hole in the wall place and it's incredible it's yeah best. because yeah. you can't not have incredible food right and survive succeed right yeah. yeah okay so now that i've cleared that out of the way i think jeff ruby's is always a, a favorite of never mine, fails yeah, right yeah yep. classic beckman loves i i'm i'm a big fan of mojitos oh okay oh, nice. and, uh, I, just the, yeah, yeah, just the the tapas and the good, scene. Yeah, yeah. the plantains. Do a jalapeno the plantains, margarita. The plantains and guac. Or yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, uh, I I like Havana rumba. Yep. Um, that that's a that's a good one. Um, I I do. Oh, there's I, I mean, I I do miss like Royals. Oh yeah. So there's some good so hot good. chicken places in LA, Joe but not in Orange too. County and. Man, I'm I, Royals. R- Royals is definitely a good one. Um, yeah, that was great. That was good for sure. Yeah. And then I think we. This is yeah, yeah. This is our favorite. This is our. Uh, it usually is the same answer, one way or the other. But uh, <laughs> Kentucky gets all four seasons. Yeah, very unlike LA. Um, what's your favorite time of year in Kentucky? The fall. Yeah, I mean, who are we kidding? Yeah. It's, I mean, Agreed. come on. I 100% agree. Jeans, t-shirt. Yep. Football. Football. Football, yeah. I mean, just that crisp Never. fall air yep. where you just think about pads crunching together. Yep. That's, that's the at. one. Yeah. For sure. I think the only other acceptable answer is spring. Yeah. But, yes. But that's got... That's yeah. that's it. Full disclosure, we are about to go play golf, and it is going to be, I think, 101 on the heat yeah. index today. So, uh, yeah, nice little you know, what, what August I, afternoon. I've heard someone that lived out there, they, they said they missed the thick, rich Kentucky air. Like, they said the air, the air here is, is, they felt, they perceived it to be thicker. I don't know. Oh, it's not just a perception. It's it's, it's thicky, thicky, thick, girl. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So, do you miss that? No, I I miss the thick, humid. Yeah. No, I don't miss that. (laughs) No. No. I just miss how you can taste Kentucky. No, I mean, but that's also relative to where I'm at, which, okay. Yeah, I'm not going to complain when it's 76 and sunny and I don't have thick, humid air. Yeah. Yeah. Thicky, thicky, thick. Oh man, I'm gonna leave that one alone. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Drew, you're the man, dude. Yeah. Thank you so this much. This is fun. So this much. Is fun. Traveled all the way across the country. For this podcast just to be on Hype Louisville, and he's playing in, in CGI as a secondary uh, trip yep. item. But uh, yeah, man, appreciate it. This was great. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. For everyone that listened, please leave us reviews. Please subscribe. Follow us on the gram. That's where we embarrass Beckman as much as we can. Absolutely. We'll probably post some of his really beautiful golf swing here in a little I, bit. I hope I land one. I hope you do too. I hope you <laughs> yeah, do too. Yeah, let's all hope. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, <laughs> and we will see you next time.